How's it going, Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees with your boys, Alex and Ryan. So my friends, interesting conversation to be had today. Is there a new number one prospect in the Yankees farm system? Now, we know Fangraphs just dropped their 30, top 30 prospect report for the Yankees. And, you know, a couple other uh, outlets are also suggesting that Spencer Jones, you know, a guy we drafted out of Vanderbilt not two years ago, um, is our number one prospect now. And I and Ryan, you know, we both don't agree with this. And I think you guys probably will be on the same side of as us. Now, we're going to break this down, who we think the number one prospect is, you know, a couple of guys that are really promising, taking big steps forward, guys that you should be looking at, watching closely this upcoming season, or in fact, you don't have to do it. We'll do it for you, and we'll report back exactly what these guys are doing so you can keep up with all your prospect news and the future of this Yankee organization, guys we give, you know utilize via trade, or that could be serviceable MLB players for us, if not great ones, in the future. So we're going to talk about Spencer Jones first and foremost, Ryan. I want to break down exactly why a lot of outlets have him now as the number one prospect, and it's odd because he wasn't very – I would say he wasn't great last year in, in, uh, in high A Hudson Valley and then, of course, in double A. He struggled a bit and, you know, higher strikeout numbers, you know, didn't really get on base that much or as much as you'd hope. Um, had a couple of issues, but the upside is where we're going to be looking at and the upside of why Fangraphs, why other other outlets are considering him as the top guy because the upside there is generational. Like You're looking at generational power, um, some some key categories where he could be truly excellent. So, Ryan, you know, how you do it today, my friend? And, you know, break down Spencer Jones and why you think these guys, these other these other people are ranking him so highly. Yeah, so look, I know a lot of people are going to talk about the bat, right? Like, oh, he's the next Aaron Judge, all that stuff. And we had him on. He kind of dismissed the idea that that's what he wants to be known as, right? The next Aaron Judge. He wants to be his own player, right? And and every player would probably say a similar thing about player comparisons. They want to be their own player. But the thing that I think really makes Spencer Jones a great prospect, he is a stellar defender in center field. That is the premier position. He had plus six uh, defensive runs prevented to coin a baseball prospect this that's elite, right? Like we're talking about an elite defensive center fielder. And, you know, you don't really expect that from a guy who's 6'7", but he also has a cannon of an arm. He has great range. He stole 43 bases. He has excellent athleticism. You know, this is a guy who is like, I, I, I hate to like say there's no shot. He's a bad major league player. But when you are a good defensive center fielder, yeah, there's kind of no shot you're not a major league caliber player, right? Like good defensive center fielders always get reps to major league level. Spencer Jones is going to get major league reps and he's going to be worthy of major league reps. So that is definitely something to take into account here. But the bat, there is a question, right? Like there is a question about the swing decisions. There is a question about, you know, why didn't he his raw power translate as much into game power? Why didn't he lift the ball as much? Why doesn't he pull the ball in the air as much, right? There are a lot of concerns there, but you do believe that ultimately he will become a solid major league hitter. I think that we're talking about a high floor prospect with a ridiculously high ceiling. And if you're going just based off of tools, Spencer Jones could be one of like the 50 best prospects in baseball. This is a really, really, really talented player. Um, but then when you look at a guy like Jason Dominguez, kind of the first thing that Jones has over Dominguez is defense, right? Like Jones is a better defender than Dominguez, but it kind of ends there, right? Like Dominguez, I think is a better base runner. Dominguez has, you know, better game power. Dominguez has much better contact tools. Dominguez makes excellent swing decisions, right? Like he is aggressive in zone, but he doesn't chase too much. Jason Dominguez has the chance to be a much better hitter than Spencer Jones does. I think currently based on their skill sets, right? Like when I say Spencer Jones is probably going to become a pretty solid major league hitter, I'm assuming that he starts lifting the ball more. I'm assuming that he cuts down the strikeouts just a little bit. I'm assuming he stops chasing as much. I'm making assumptions that he's going to make certain skill progressions. For Jason Dominguez, I just have to assume that his UCL comes back intact, which 
there aren't really a lot of position players who come back from elbow injuries and are completely different players. These aren't pitchers, right? These are position players. Um, so, you know, do I think that, you know, Jason Dominguez is clearly 100% going to be better than Spencer Jones at baseball? No, because it, these are prospects, right? We're talking about a 20-year-old kid and a 22-year-old kid. I'm saying kid and both these people are older than me, but, um, you know, you, you get my point, right? These are both young players who have very little to no major league experience, right? And I think they have a combined, like, what, 10, 11, 12 games above double A, like, Spencer Jones never played there. Dominguez had a cup of coffee and dipped. Um, but, you know, the one thing I'll say is I just think there's a lot of inaccurate opinions about Jason Dominguez out there. There are a lot of people who like, like on fan graphs, it's like he's a extreme power over hit guy. That's a very misleading sentence. That Jason Dominguez has never been a guy who sells out for power. This is a guy who's always been a patient hitter. You know, he ran relatively league average swinging strike rates at double A. They got significantly better. He struck out like 17.6% of the time uh, from the second half of the season onwards. He got to the major leagues and whiffs were a big issue for him as well. I think if we're trying to sit here and make the argument that Jason Dominguez is a power over hit guy, that immediately means you fundamentally don't understand the hitter that Jason Dominguez is. He is a patient hitter. He is a hitter who, you know, tries to see the ball through. He doesn't, he's not super pull heavy. This is a guy who does have good opposite field power. We've seen it, you know, at the major league level. We've seen it at various levels of the minor leagues. I just think that there's a lot of people who are, they were always anti Jason Dominguez because of the Mike Trout comps, because of the Mickey Mantle comps. And were those unfair and unrational? Absolutely. But we are about three years removed from that point in time. And, you know, at this point in time, Jason Dominguez is a ridiculously talented player, a remarkably gifted athlete, and a guy who, look, I don't think he's going to stick in center field, and that's fine. That's why you have, again, you have Spencer Jones. Let him do that, right? Um, but he'll profile pretty well for a corner outfield spot. This is a guy with great speed. This is a guy who should have a pretty decent arm. I mean, we didn't really get to judge his arm at the major league level because he was playing through a freaking torn UCL. And mind you, when he was playing through a freaking torn UCL, he was the best, he was the best player on the team when he was on the team. So, uh, you know, I think the upside is really high for his bat. I believe the same is true for Jones. But I do think at this point in time, you have to rank Dominguez over Jones. I don't think that's a diss on Jones. That's not a Jones isn't that good. It's more of a Dominguez could be special offensively. And Jones still has some things he has to work through. But again, Jones, excellent defender, excellent athlete. I expect him to be a center fielder at the major league level. And I'm pretty confident in that, even if he doesn't really hit. There is one reason why I have Jason Dominguez above Spencer Jones right now. You know, you referenced the Mike Trout comps and, you know, the the crazy ideas that, you know, this guy could be something truly unique and special, and he still can be. He still hasn't even really played. But the one reason I have him over Jones um, in terms of where I think he could go, the guy has actually faced MLB pitching. And in eight games, he hit four homers. I think I think he's, what, the first Yankee ever to come and hit four homers in his first eight games? That is not something you walk across every day, my friends. He had 162 WRC plus in eight MLB games. This is not, um, you know, did he? I don't even remember who did he played. Did, did he do it against the Astros in one of the games? I don't even remember who he did it against. Yeah, he had the two home runs in that Astros series against some two yeah. quality pitchers. He takes Justin yeah. Verlander the other way on an outside fastball, and then he gets a slider down and in from Christian uh, Javier, and he hammers it to right field. Incredible! His pitchers. hit tool excellent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's and that's the take that I would stand by to say that he's number one right now because. Spencer Jones has never, and I love Spencer Jones. We love Spencer Jones. Great, dude. This is not an episode meant to bash Spencer Jones. More so to just debate whether or not who's number one and number two, which is like marginal. You know what I mean? Like they're both awesome players. But I have Jason higher than him simply because 
he has hit a home run off of a Hall of Fame pitcher. Spencer Jones has never even sniffed a Hall of Fame pitcher. So it's like, you know, totally different situations we're talking about. Not to mention, Dominguez is two years younger than Spencer Jones, and he's done it. Right, and he's done it against Justin Verlander and Christian Javier, another great arm. So, you know, when when you're asking me, or if anyone's questioning whether Dominguez is number one, Spencer Jones number two, or vice versa, one of them has done it, and the other one has not. And I think that's that's where you draw the line, right? And the limitations that Fangraphs present, for example, is that his frame, Dominguez's frame, is fully filled out. Right, he is. There's not much room for him to grow now, um, and, and he could have reduction in athleticism or speed on the base pass because of that frame. Um, how realistic is that? I think that's complete nonsense. Nonsense. Look at Jose Altuve. The guy is four feet tall, and he is one of the best players in the game. His frame isn't getting any bigger or smaller. Look at Big Poppy, one of the best hitters ever, and the guy was, like, I mean, he was he was a big dude. We're talking about a massive guy. You know what I mean? Like, there are tons of amazing players. That, and, and for what it's worth, Dominguez, he is not fat. He is a muscular Dude, he is freaking strong. Like, he is not overweight. He is not fat. He is just a freaking human being that is built to the freaking brim with muscle. And that power is there. You know, like, we saw him unlock that power the second he stepped into a major league batter's box. Um, And not to mention, he's a switch freaking hitter. Like... Is there any more that you could say to make to make Jason Dominguez look any better right now? It really isn't. I mean, the Tommy John surgery, I don't I don't uh, like utilize that as a kind of variable in this equation. I don't think him having Tommy John surgery affects whether or not he's a number one or number two prospect right now because he just had it. Like we're basing off of what he has done last year and not what he is going to do. Um, but not to say how many players have come back from Tommy John surgery. I know Shohei Otani's had Tommy John surgery. He's about to come off another one. Um, you know, it's you know we've had so many players, like tons of players, come off Tommy John surgery to have lucrative careers, and he's 20 years old. Um, I'm pretty sure Spencer Jones has already had Tommy John surgery. You know what I mean? So it's like you know you look at exactly what we're comparing here. These should not be impacting these player profiles. So you know, with that being said, number one. In my opinion, your opinion, Jason Dominguez for sure. Now, let's talk about one other guy that was completely disrespected in this top 30 rankings, Ben Rice. Ben Rice was ranked 29th, 29th guys in this pro, in this uh, this prospect list. That is ludicrous. Ben Rice is just won the Yankees Developmental Hitter of the War uh, of the Year award. Like the guy is coming off a legitimately phenomenal season. Now, Ben Rice, guys, if you don't know. Currently listed as a catcher, but has a lot of experience at first base as well. He could be the future after Anthony Rizzo, you know, and ends up leaving, whether it be 2025 or if they pick up his option in 2026. Ben Rice is 24 years old. They need him to step up really soon. He's a former uh, 12th round draft pick. Really great dude. We've talked to him on social media. Last year in AA, big sample size, 48 games, 222 plate appearances. He slashed 327 with a 401 OBP and 648 slugging rate, 182 WRC plus, 16 homers and 48 RBIs. His strikeout rate has been below, was below 20% in both high A Hudson Valley and double A. Um, walk rate had a 26.5% walk rate in, in high A and that had a near, a near 10%, 9.5% walk rate in double A. This dude is special. This guy's a special bat and he's a lefty. Talk to me about Ben Rice. Why 29th is just, it almost hurts my brain. 29th is disrespectful for a player that could have the upside to be a legitimately like quality starting first baseman in the future. And I'd love to see him get transitioned to AAA fast. And, you know, if anything happens to Rizzo, I may even consider calling up Ben Rice and giving him a couple opportunities and see what he's got. 
Yeah, the issue I really have here is that, like, I, I guess if you're ranking for upside, right, like, you would drop Bryce a little bit because he is a, like, the majority of his value has to come out of his bat. Even if he plays first base, that's still going to be the case, right? Like, the, the that, and that rhymed. Uh, but the majority of his value is going to have to come out of his bat. I understand that does limit his profile. I don't think he's a top five prospect in the organization. I don't think that you're going to see him in any top 10 lists even, right? But where you are supposed to see him is right outside of that, right? Like, in that 10 to 15 range. Because of the bat, right? This is a guy who has extreme loft in his swing. This guy can pull the ball in the air a ton. There isn't a lot of swing and miss, even though he does do that. Um, he pulls the ball a lot, and there is an extreme chase in his profile as well. He's a really good hitter. Now, he doesn't hit lefties. He was really bad against lefties. That's a big question mark. Completely agree, completely understand. Um, but... He's still like he, he's still a good hitter, right? Like I, I mean, we're talking about a guy whose median outcome is is likely better than most guys in the organization because of how close he is to the major league level, right? Like I understand if we're thinking like okay, ceiling, median outcomes, all that stuff. Maybe Ben Rice's ceiling is lower than some of the other guys, you know, that are younger or whatever it may be. But again, like the median outcome for Rice is just significantly better than most of these guys, right? Because he's he's, he's more likely to be a major leaguer than. 90% of prospects in the organization. He's literally right there. He is a step away from the big leagues. Um, And, you know, I, I even thought slapping DH there was a little bit unfair. He handled first base perfectly fine. He's going to be a first baseman. He'll be a fine first baseman, right? Like, I, I think putting him as just a DH is a little bit unfair. You know, I had another beef with how they kind of ranked Selvage. Not that he sh that 18 is disrespectful, but topside at 93, he threw 130 pitches harder than 93 miles an hour. Not just 93, and I'm saying, I'm counting 93.9 is not harder than 93. If I count like anything above 93.0, that number probably gets closer to 200. So, you know, and that's just that single A. That's not counting anything that happened in high A. So, you know, I, I just felt like a lot of these like write-ups were just super simplistic in terms of like just overviewing things. Even Everson Pereira, right? Like, I know he wasn't very good in his major league stint, but come on, the 17th best prospect in the organization, a guy who's a consensus top 100 everywhere, right? You know, and they were like, it's more likely that Cabrera bounced back and claims left field for his own or that Florial gets those chances. No, like Florial's not getting those chances over Pereira. The Yankees called up Pereira before they called up Florial. The Yankees have consistently valued Pereira more than Florial. And let's be real here, who's like... Left field's not up for grabs. Left field is Alex Verdugo's, right? Like, I, I I don't mean to, like, sit here and say there's no chance that anybody gets hurt in that starting lineup, but there is no left field battle. There isn't a left field battle for Cabrera to win. It's Alex Verdugo's, right? Like, we're not, you know, I understand that spring training battles are exciting. The one for shortstop was exciting, but it's a lot more fun to say, yeah, we have a left fielder. We don't need to have, like, you know, Oswaldo Cabrera and Aaron Hicks battle it out. Battle it out. I mean, I said this on a live stream yesterday. Alex, I had Rafael Ortega, Aaron Hicks, Platoon 2023 in my freaking header. Like, we were down bad. How many times did we talk about jerks and profile on this podcast? We were down bad, dude. Like, the only time I want to be mentioning somebody's name that much is if it's Dua Lipa. But that being said, like, all things considered, man... I just felt like a lot of these were just oversimplistic. And I do like that there is a publication that's going to give a more negative view on the Yankees organization prospect-wise. Not because I'm a hater or anything like that. I love our farm system. But because I think it's important to have balance. It's important for us to talk about the flaws their prospects have. It is important for us to talk about the fact that Jason Minguez isn't a great defensive center fielder. It is important for us to talk about the fact that Spencer Jones makes poor swing decisions. It is important for us to talk about the fact that, you know... Will Warren hasn't pitched 150 innings in a season or that Chase Hampton, you know, ran out of gas towards the end of the year or that, you know, guys like Roderick Arias have injury issues or Austin Wells isn't a sure thing 
anything defensively yet and kind of struggled last year in the summer, right? Like these are things that are important to talk about. We need to talk about these things because every side, there's two sides to every story. But at the same time, a lot of these just felt simplistic. A lot of these just felt unfair to the players. Again, I, I mean, it, when it's when it's a situation where you're talk, where you're saying a guy can only top out at 93 and he throws 130 pitches in one level alone, like in half a season that were harder than the number you topped him out at, that feels unfair. That that to me feels unfair. Um, and then again, circling back to Dominguez here, I'm just I'm stuck over the extreme power over hit skill set. Like, it's just not the player he is. He's a he has a very high IQ player. Like I've talked about this, you know, before the season even started. This is a smart, disciplined, educated hitter. This is a guy who knows the strike zone like the back of his hand. This is a guy who makes insane swing decisions. And this is a guy that ultimately, Alex, you know, I think the Yankees are going to be really happy with when he comes back. And, you know, I want Yankee fans to think about this. You're going to potentially have a lineup where you could have Jason Dominguez leading off, Juan Soto hitting second, and Aaron Judge hitting third. Dominguez is a 30 stolen base threat. He's going to be dancing off first base, by the way, giving probably the toughest at bat to the pitcher as they try to, you know, pitch to Dominguez because they don't want to walk him and face Soto. And you have Aaron Judge on deck, right? Like you're like, I use this, I use this exact pitcher and I feel bad for double dipping here. But like if the twins number three starter, like Bailey Ober is on the mound in a playoff game against the Yankees and Garrett Cole strikes out the first three hitters for the twins and you go to the bottom of the first and Jason Dominguez is dancing off of first base. You're down three, one to Juan Soto on the count. And you're like walking back around the mound and you see Aaron Judge just staring at you. You're going to give up a three-run home run. Like, that's happening. You're giving up three runs that ending. It's Your fate has been sealed. It's over for you. You're not winning that game. You know what I mean? Like, that is the atmosphere you can create in the Bronx. That's the pressure you can put on lineups. And again, Dominguez is just not an extreme pro power over hit guy. This is a this is a very smart hitter with, with plus hit tool. And it got better throughout the season and has excellent plate discipline. Remarkable plate discipline. Again, just... I'm just, I'm really, I'm harp. I'm really stuck up over that claim. That claim just feels, it's just not an accurate claim. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, you know, it's kind of funny. You mentioned Jason Dominguez um, dancing off first base. Here, here's kind of something that Sam and I talked about the other day. We're talking about the leadoff hitters. What are your thoughts about the future of Jason Dominguez being a leadoff hitter for this team? Like imagine Jason Dominguez, Juan Soto, and Aaron Judge as the top three guys. Now, of course, like that's contingent on his walk rate improving a bit, which I think he can do. Um, we know his tools are, are phenomenal. He's, you know, he makes good contact. He can slug. Um, he's a good athlete. You know, we've talked we talked about DJ LeMay, who is going to get older, obviously. Like probably we prefer Volpe um, to be the leadoff guy if he can get his OBP up like significantly. But what are your thoughts on a Dominguez, like Soto, Judge, or Judge Soto top three? That'd be pretty fun, right? Yeah, like, let's be honest here, guys. The Yankees need to get their leadoff guy kind of in check. They need, and it's probably going to have to be one of their internal options. If Anthony Volpe is like a 340 OBP guy, has like a 110 WRC+, plus, yeah, you lead him off, right? And you still can do the righty-lefty-righty thing. Volpe, Soto, Judge, Rizzo, Torres, Dominguez, Stanton, or let's say Stanton hits fifth and they hit Torres seventh. I don't really care. Wells and then like LeMahieu. Um, hello, that lineup. Special, like special doesn't even begin to describe what that lineup would be. That team, I mean, for lack of better words, and again, if you're a kid listening to this, just close your ears for two seconds. That lineup fucks. That lineup's incredible. Like, that lineup's insane. Like, that lineup's going to score a lot of runs. They're going to run the base as well. They're going to put a lot of balls in play. They're going to hit for power. They're going to do a lot of different things really well. They're going to make excellent swing decisions. And the Yankees are going to be able to say, the core of our lineup, yes, was built. Like, you, you traded for Juan Soto. 
And, you know, that kind of helped you a lot. But you can say that Aaron Judge is the anchor of your lineup and that guys like Volpe and Wells and Dominguez emphasized or, or kind of made your lineup better. And a, a guy I want to throw out here who could be, I think, really sneaky for the, the Yankees next year, I would say watch out for Jorbit Vivas. That's a left-handed guy with really good contact skills, makes great swing decisions, and is left-handed and can play a really good third base. You know, if the Yankees have issues at third base this year and they want a left-handed option and Vivas is able to slot into the bottom of that lineup, now you got, what, five left-handed hitters, right? And that's not even counting, you know, does Verdugo have a big year? Does Grisham have a solid year? Like, what happens there? The Yankees are, are, are chock full of left-handed hitters now that can help them at the major league level. And that's something we haven't been able to say since, like, when? Like, I, I might have been in, like, preschool. I'm not going to lie. I don't know, man. I, I, I really, I would love to find that long-term leadoff guy for us. But look, the truth is right now, the Yankees have a really, really impressive kind of few players at the top of their farm system in terms of hitters. Dominguez, Spencer Jones, we have promise. We do have hope that Everson Prairie can get better. Um, you know, of course, Ben Rice is something that we're going to be keeping a really, really close eye on. And, you know, spoke to Will Warren. You know, if you guys know Will Warren, uh, you know, Ryan just wrote up and did a phenomenal video on Will Warren and what he offers this team. And he's supposed to be a fifth option this year, or even a spot starter, according to The Athletic. So, you know, Will Warren's going to be an exciting young player to consider. And I was talking to his reps the other day, and they, you know, we're going to have him on the Fireside Yankees channel for an interview and talk about what he expects to kind of do this upcoming season, what his strengths and weaknesses are, things that he wants to improve on. Excited to talk to a guy that could have a really significant impact on this Yankee team. And we've already sent a lot of pitchers on their way. Uh, so I feel like Will Warren may be a, may be a guy that sticks around here for a while. Because we do need to keep some of these guys at the end of the day and actually leverage them. So excited to see what the Yankees continue to do here. But my friends, love to hear your opinions down below in this kind of number one prospect battle. Who you think really is the number one? Is it Spencer Jones? Is it Jason Dominguez? We're all in on Dominguez for obvious reason. He's done it. He's had a home run off a Hall of Fame level pitcher. I think with that being said... And that's all that really needs to be, you know, kind of showcased in terms of the the reasons why he is that top gun right now and what he can do at the MLB level. Hopefully, we'll see him in 2024 towards the end of the season. If not, you know, 2025, he can start in left field when Alex Verdugo's contract inevitably comes to an end and he hits free agency. So, love to hear your thoughts below in the YouTube comment section. As always, my friends, make sure to like and subscribe. And we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Yankees episode.